This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and what's his name again? Pierre Navelli. <laughs> uh, you can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Mm, mm, mm. Here's a question, here is a question. I um, read a, a good positive um reference to the Umberto Eco novel uh, Naming of the Rose I thought I'll read that sounds good give my love to the 90s yeah (laughs) so I got three pages in and thought oh for goodness sake how long how many pages is a justifiable abandonment for a book. It's, do you have a figure where you think, well, I've got to give it a chance, 20, 50, three, I know is at the sharp end. Yeah, gosh. May I ask, and I will, what was it that made you ab- abandon the book? I yeah. just, I think I might have actually said out loud, and I was reading it in bed, I think I actually said, oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And it felt, you know, it's 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 got religion and history. It felt like it was absolutely up my strata. It's got you written all over it. Yeah. Um, was there a particular passage where you just... It's got capital U written all over it because of <laughs> Umberto. Oh, God. <laughs> was there a sort of turn of phrase or a particular I description where you just went, never again and I was, I, so wall. I think I was just thinking oh get on with it you just get on with it to see this, the youth these days they don't oh, have no. the attention span no, it's, it's, you get it with youth but then obviously when you get older you don't have time you don't I'll have tell time you what I have it with I don't want the doctor to say you've got six weeks left and I think oh god I spent four four days on that naming of the rose rubbish <laughs> <laughs> I could have used that more constructive I tell you I always find it when Whenever I go into a book and that by page two, they're still telling me about the landscape and the weather, mm. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, I am out. No, Tom, no Thomas Hardy for you. Oh, no, I like a bit of Hardy. Really? Well, I know what's coming, in fairness. I know, I just think this is the necessary tax I have to pay <laughs> to get to the good bits yeah. going on about the trees. and the. Yeah. But I cannot bear sort of um, overly descriptive landscape stuff. I like I like people. It's like when you're reading a biography of someone and they start to tell you about, tell you about when their grandparents first moved to London. You think, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going... I, I didn't buy this book to read about somebody I've never heard of. Well, you did a, a brilliant thing uh, with your first autobiography where you said at the beginning... I noticed Frank responding to you did a brilliant thing. He liked that. Mm. You said, I, look, I'm not going to waste time here because I hate it when that happens in books. I'm going straight into where I get famous. Yes, <laughs> and then I wrote about my childhood for I, no, I What I did is I jumped backwards and forwards, so I gave him a bit of showbiz pap. Yes. Because yeah. that's what they want. I think um, something that uh, some other comedians I know agreed with, uh, that I, with comedians' autobiographies, there's always a bit that... Um, 
we always felt was missing. It's sort of a chapter would end and they go, and that was the story of my first gig. And you go, oh, great. You go to the next chapter. So, live at the Apollo, I was yeah. headlining. You go, no, no. How did you get between the two? No, yeah. I think I covered that. You did, yeah. Mm. I that's, did. That um, was uh, to your credit. But is there, do you, you're not helping me with this. Go What's on. the minimum uh, amount of pages? Oh. Well, Can I mean... I tell, do you ever use the 69 method? There is an American... <laughs> What? what are you doing? There's an American thing that if you're buying a book, you read... Page 10 a.m. You read page 69. Oh, you do. And by then, yeah. the author is in their full flow and the story is banging. Yeah. So if you... Will you stop it? It's not well, honestly, it's like, it's like working with Jim Davidson. <laughs> chosen any number. Well, that, I didn't choose the number. It's a method. So oh, you go, oh, M's, M's puffing on a Hamlet. <laughs> I simply cannot. I cannot work in these conditions. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. We've heard from uh, some of our lovely readers. Mm. We've had some love. We've had some love for your poetry podcast, Frank. Really? Yeah. It's not out yet. Well, Andy Howell says, I dreamed the other night I was making a poetry podcast. We've all, we've all got dreams. Yeah. This is Andy Howell. Oh, yeah. Then I woke up, looked on Spotify and found Frank Skinner's. Oh. Really enjoying this voyage of discovery, inspiration, paper rustling and honesty. Thank you. Fabulous. I know we don't do praise, but the poetry podcast doesn't count. Well, I'll tell you, there's a new series coming out um, very soon. I'll keep you posted for anyone who gives a... That's Sorry. why you... I didn't know you could dip the sound. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's why you like poetry, because, I mean, with a few exceptions, I give you The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, etc., but you don't have this where do I stop, what page am I out issue... Mm. Well, I quite so often. It's interesting that because if I read a poetry book, I would probably read twenty-five pages before I threw the towel in. So you get more leeway to the poetry book. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Because they maybe they're in little chunks, so you can sort of you could quickly throw one aside and well, go. Well, the ends in sight. Yeah, yeah, he likes to know the ends in sight. Yeah, but you know, if you write a poem that's a page turner. That's probably a bad <laughs> review. <laughs> what, but Echo, Echo, he does. Um, Echo. <laughs> does Echo, um, Umberto write? Is, is it he lengthy? still around, Echo? I, what, oh, I, I don't, don't think know. so, no. Is no, OK. OK. He'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> God. <laughs> Imagine if you were friends with him. Frank, can you please stop making those silly puns? I'm trying to... I'm a serious author. Exactly. I don't think you would have been a good friend for him. Um, oh, no, I would have stood up for him in any circumstances. I'd have been a sort of a echo warrior. <laughs> this is why you can't be friends with these people. No, exactly. It's difficult. So, um... We've also heard from David Coldley. Oh, yes. Who... Has enclosed. I don't know if one says enclosed anymore, but uh, he's attached. I should say a, a picture of you with Christopher Eccleston. Oh yes, a new big Finnish Doctor Who audio drama with Frank. Does this mean Perkins 
is back. Do tell Frank, because I know how much Emily loves to hear you talk about Doctor Who. Yes, I should say that um, Perkins was the character I played in the TV manifestation of Doctor Who. But um, this is a completely different uh, character. It's an old sort of brommy bloke, busybody type. Yeah, but I, I did get why to work. Cast you. <laughs> yeah, uh, the woman said I wrote this part with you in mind. She actually did. Really? Since the writer was there. Yeah, <laughs> it's always a mixed uh, feeling. Yeah, something like that. But it was great to work with uh, the Ninth Doctor, obviously. <laughs> How exciting. Yeah, and at the end, they interviewed me with him in the room, saying, what's it like, you know, working with Christopher Eccleston? Oh. And I ended up, I thought, oh, God, because I, I, I was playing it very cool. I hadn't said anything to him today, like, oh, my God, I've done i never done any of that. And then I, it all just flowed out. And he was sort of going, oh, thanks, that's lovely. Thanks for Well, I've got a quote here from the director. Oh, yeah. As soon as Chris and Frank met, they hit it off, and you could see the mutual respect and, um, and admiration. He got his autograph book out, embarrassing, mm. which was lovely to be around. Frank did admit to his Doctor Who passion. Chris is such a humble guy, and he understands the love and affection people have for it. Understands. <laughs> it's a, a load-bearing <laughs> verb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he, 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 he copes with it well. Frank, we've heard from David Brackley, who says, Hi, Frank and team. I once ditched a book on the first page. Mm. It was written by an American. <laughs> I can't remember who or what book. Oh, God. But, I love that story. <laughs> but they were setting the scene in London and they mentioned punkers on the street corner. They meant punks. Oh. Lazy. Oh, somebody Exclamation should point. Somebody should have checked that. Good day, yeah. Prisoner 666. Yeah. Sorry, Frank, about Prisoner 666. Punkers. Punkers. Not that, good enough. That, that is, would make me out. Yeah. They, there's a job that, well, not, not a full-time job, but you can be hired as a sort of consultant. Punkawalla, you can Punkawalla. say. Punkawalla, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could be hired as a consultant to, to get British things correct in American-made stuff okay. and comic books and things, where they sort of go, oh, well, we want this graphic novel to be set in a sort of Harry Potter-style school, but we don't know. We're, we're in Iowa, so we don't know how anyone should sound. And it avoids that terrible thing where you watch something set in the UK but written by Americans, where people were core blimey you know the sort of dick van dyke well Britishness. I, you know when you go have you ever done stand up in a in another country you have haven't you yeah. and uh, when you get there often you you corner a local and say can i just go through a few things in my act i'm not sure if they use the same word here so i did that in canada i went to the montreal festival and it turned out the guy I did it with, he was in a group of people and he just seemed a friendly guy, so I asked him and he sat and we went through it, was uh, a Trudeau. Oh. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm wondering now if it's the guy who's in power <laughs> now. It was related to Pierre and oh. um, Ma Margaret. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we went to... Because I remember... I didn't know, and somebody said to me, you know, he's like a 
a true down. I said, eh, get out of here. And then later someone said, uh, I was in Moscow and blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, yeah, I've been to Moscow. And they said, oh, um, what hotel did you stay in? And he said, no, I didn't. I stayed at the Kremlin. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I think he, I think he, he was. And that was that was handy. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Me and uh, I haven't told Emily about this. Me and Pierre had a bit of a boys' outing after the show last week. Because mm-hmm. I had a, a Liberties voucher. Now I should explain that Liberties is a shop, a posh shop in London. Mm. It's not a voucher with which you can take liberties. <laughs> That's what you... I mean, that'd be a dangerous gift, wouldn't it? Not so bad for a non-drinker like myself. Um, it reminded me, though, when I was a, a kid, a common phrase was people would say, well, that is a diabolical liberty. <laughs> people often said that. It's gone. It's gone. Why have people... Yeah, people have ditched her. It's too long, isn't it? Do you think... It's yeah. too complicated. I don't know. It's not going to drop into text speak very easily, is it? D B L. D- devil emoji. Well, Statue of Liberty right. emoji. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't oh. like spellings. No, these days they don't bit... like spellings. Back in the day, of course, on Bullseye, they even had it as a category. What? Do you remember Diabolical spellings? liberty. No, they had spellings. <laughs> and wasn't it called words? <laughs> yeah, words. Words. And they had, instead of mass, they had sums. No, oh, they really? Did. They did. Uh, numbers is what it was <laughs> called. It was called numbers. And best of all, the geography... <laughs> <laughs> the, have you ever seen Bullseye? I've seen clips. Um, what was the geogra- geography was called places. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So, I'm I'm uh, picturing the two of you mm-hmm. wandering up to Liberties. I had. I'd given Pierre sort of instructions, hadn't I, as you left, as we said our goodbyes outside Absolute Radio. Yeah. A sort of. Um... It was. It was quite um, the start of an epic quest. Yes. <laughs> well, he took. He took. Um, Polonia. He became very responsible, uh, Pierre. He's got that in him. Because I'm old and stooped, yeah. and he's <laughs> like a sort of uh, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> he became uh, very sort of um, advisory. Oh. So we went. In, I had a hundred pound voucher. Now, the way I spend the voucher is the way some people put petrol in a car. I like it on the zero. I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and you've got two pounds left. No, not Frank. And no top-ups. <laughs> no, no, I'm not adding. That's the, the whole joy of a voucher. Is you don't have to get your hand in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So anyway... Uh, Did you find it OK? I was concerned. Oh, God, your directions were perfect. You went through the back entrance with the confectionery. I did. Oh, it's a lot of... uh, I hate walking through the perfume bit. Yeah. You can't breathe in the perfume bit. It feels like you're having something tested on you. Oh, yeah. So, let's get through the perfume. I mean, you've lost me here, obviously. Anyway. Well, you don't want it in that kind of intensity. I do. Anyway. So, um, yeah, it's... uh, where did you, which department? Well, I, I, I wanted sunglasses, that was my thing. I, my sunglasses have all been broken in various ways. And so uh, I found a pair, oh. 65 quid. Mm. Oh. Uh, 
And I said, uh, OK, I'm going to get these. And Pierre said, hmm... <laughs> I'm not sure about. <laughs> I'm not sure about tortoiseshell. <laughs> and I said, uh, "No, I, I yeah. like tortoiseshell's good." As I said, it goes with my teeth. <laughs> and um, he said, uh, "He said to the guy, uh, I'm not going to keep doing the accent. One more. <laughs> okay. Is this your full range <laughs> of sunglasses?" Oh. <laughs> And the, the man said, we got a few downstairs as well. He said to me, so he said, right, we, we'll go and have a look downstairs. I said, no, I like these. I said, this, is, I said this is the way I shop. I don't go looking around. And um, he said, uh, he, in the end, he, Pierre made me put them behind the counter. Yeah. Uh, so that we could go downstairs and look oh, at because the Because of all the queues queue, of people oh, lining just, up to take that one pair of tortoiseshell well, glasses. It was, busy, it was busy in Liberties. OK. Yeah. And so you went downstairs. So we, we went to... By the way, tortoiseshell frames, mm. that's just a term. They're not actually made from a carapace, are they? I, I don't... Not these days. Has somebody no. styled a carapace? <laughs> I, perhaps back in the day... Polished. I wonder. And in this sort of, I think you, they were. One can imagine, I don't know, the, the original sort of Duke of Windsor perhaps having yes. one of the... <laughs> I'll tell you what I'd like. I'd like a pair of beets with two intact <laughs> carapaces, one on over each ear. That'd, be, that'd look cool, wouldn't it? Or, or just sort of, he'd look like you were in the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I sort of just pop its head out and say, it's a living. Oh, no, it'd have to be dead ones. I wouldn't want to. He's uh, got standards. Okay. Yeah, and so, also, be, that'd be like mufflers, the flesh. Muffle the sound. <laughs> one thing I love about Liberties and other highly relatable content, yeah. but I do love what Liberties has. If anyone's ever been there, it's got this rather majestic gone with the wind staircase, which yes. is unusual for a department store, mahogany staircase. Yes, we swept, we swept down that, didn't we? Or did yeah. we sweep? We swept off it and then we swept down it. So, you of course, went... in a, it wouldn't have been a very big stretch thirty years ago for me to have actually been sweeping it. <laughs> but now there I am spending my uh, vachere. <laughs> so we went downstairs and fair play, I I did see a pair I liked there. <gasps> How much? £65 in the sale. What, what, OK, what's happening with the 35 Well, Well, I'll come to that. Oh, You'd have liked these. They're completely black. They're very, um, only of the lonely. <laughs> very, not a carapace in sight. <laughs> Frank Skinner. I wanted to know. Well, I've got two questions. Mm -hmm. Firstly, what uh, what did you spend the thirty five pounds left over from mm. your hundred pound Liberty voucher on? Well, can you mention? Can you just imagine the anxiety of me walking around there with that thirty five pound on it? Because I don't like having any. I'm thinking, what if I can't find anything? Yeah. Also, I'm. St Pierre's still going on about the sunglasses at this point. What's he saying? Saying, it's, I, I, I'm not against tortoiseshell in principle. <laughs> but it's not that light. I don't like that light tortoiseshell. Oh, this I... is it. The, the, the contrast between the light and the dark parts of the tortoiseshell was an, almost a camo effect. And I was against yeah. that. I'm, I'm with you. I'm feeling... I had no idea I was taking a sort of a 
ticking time bomb into the shop. What I, what I, what I like about my characterization is that it's the difference between the inner and the outer. In, oh my, my, in my head, I was playing a sort of grand vizier role. <laughs> my, my liege, if I might. <laughs> These spectacles. Whereas, obviously, externally, I was. it was like when we were on tour and people assumed I was your bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> they sort of look at me it nervously before getting like a that. photo. It was it's a bit me. sort of like John Gilgan, Arthur's butler or something. Did you... So, you so see, anyway. I worry that they were... Pierre, you see, I'm with you. I, can I just ask you something? Back mm. in a sec, Frank. Were they a sort of slightly unfortunate khaki-coloured tortoiseshell? I don't like a tortoiseshell veering towards the sludge colour. No, it was the, the the lighter part was that colour and then the rest was as, as dark as you'd expect. It's a bit G.I. Joe. OK. A, a little. OK, back to you, Frank. OK. Um, I just thought I have brown eyes because I've got brown eyes. I thought tortoiseshell was a good anyway. That went. <laughs> I ended up with sunglasses that were as black as midnight on a moonless night, as Agent I, Cooper once said in Twin Peaks of his coffee. In fact, I like the idea that people have to buy sunglasses to match their. Eyes. Yeah, eyes well, you got to match them to summer. Well, now you've got I'm black not buying, eyes. I'm not buying grey sunglasses all the time to match <laughs> the rest of me. So anyway, I saw um, an orange beanie hat. What, sorry, what's happened? And um, it said on it... Had Pierre left uh, no. at this point? No, oh. I'd, uh, I'd spent my opinion voucher on the glasses. <laughs> Understand. <laughs> Didn't you have any left on, on your opinion voucher? <laughs> no, uh, I, got, I got it up to the maximum of one. Anyway, it said you know, on it... Max that out. Yeah. It said on it, made from recycled merino wool. Oh, Jose. And I thought, <laughs> I don't want to be picky... But is all wool, every wool and hat is recycled, isn't it? It was on a sheep originally. They don't shave a beanie directly off a sheep, not not deliberately. Um, So, you know, I didn't pick them up on that. But I tell you what I asked, what I thought was an interesting question. I said to the lady... On the counter, because by now I'd got me 35 quid hat. I was happy. I went up to the counter. You bought this? Yeah. Oh, dear. And I said, do you... um, I've got it in my pocket, actually. Do you want to see it? I guess. See what you think. I wish you had the glasses as well, though. Yeah, I should have bought the glasses with me. (laughs) Hold on, I've got my headphones on. It's, It's tricky. What do you think? This is right. This is what radio is all about. Well, I think we should put this up because... On social media. OK, I'll put I it mean, on social media. Do you know what? You look so happy in it. That's, I think that's, that's important. Yeah. But anyway, um, I said to the lady... No, I'll, t- I'll tell you after this because the uh, producer's getting uppity. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and uh, Pierre Novelli. <laughs> you can text the show on 8.12.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Morning again. So I said... To the Liberty Lady. Yeah, so I said to the man who stood at the gate of the... Uh, Sorry, I think that was a uh, New Year's speech from George the Sixth. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so um, 
If anyone knows that, uh, let me know. I think that's right. Gate okay. of the yeah. Um, actually, it'd be more. Even when he went out live, I think it sounded like that. Yes, yeah. just his voice. So um, I sent to the lady at Liberties, in case you've just tuned in, I, I was spending the remaining £35 of my voucher that someone had given me. And I said, do you have the same respect for voucher spenders as people who are spending their own money? Mm. Because obviously people spending their own money have come to this shop by choice. Yes. <laughs> to, to pay 180 yes, quid for a cowboy shirt. Yeah. Oh, I, I did like, don't bring up the cowboy shirt. Yeah, yeah. What happened? It oh, he nice. didn't. I said to him, after I'd paid... I said, now get me out of here as fast as you can. I'll, ideally with your hands over my eyes, because what I don't want to yeah. see is something I could have bought. Mm. And they had, it was called a Western overshirt, very mm. sort of oh. fancy material. Heavy yeah. embroidery on the sort of shoulder. You know, you know, you know what I a Western, know exactly yeah. And it was reduced mean. in the same. Was it a bit achy-breaky? It was a bit, mm. yeah. But I, anyway, that was... It's no good crying over spilt silk. No. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> no. Um, I, I bodyguarded you out of there without uh, letting, yeah, you le did. letting you look at any Western overshirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. You I did saw, the right thing. I yeah. saw a new side of Pierre, though. He was very, did you? Yeah, very administrative. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. I see. I think you'd be a good person to go shopping with. I'm. I'm very targeted in a, in a very stereotypically male way I think where it's like we go in this is the object we're buying no but that's what I do and then you made me put it behind the counter yeah that's true it was but... a diabolical liberty <laughs> <laughs> oh what else well I'm afraid I'm, I'm don't locked. be afraid I'm locked out of our content so oh, I, I can't access any the outside the outside world is a closed shop to me temporarily well then I'll, I'll run something uh, Go on. I'll run something by you I um, I live near a, a large patch of land called Hampstead Heath mm. I know it well and um, it's it's beautiful and Perfect for dog walkers, and uh, I combine uh, the dog walk with the school run. So it all works very neatly, but it's incredibly muddy at the yes. moment. I mean, phenomenally muddy. Mm. And the dog, my dog, is beige. Would mm. you say it's beige? I think I, th I would say it's beige. What colour would you say it is? Mm, I think it's got a lovely sort of fawn. Maybe fawn. My, my, yes, do my dog, my dog is beige. Has a very um, adult language course sample <laughs> sentence quality to it. Repetez après moi. My dog, my dog is beige. <laughs> and then you have to say, my dog is beige. I would say good. it's a sort of uh, taupe. Oh, oh, I don't know what that is. Let's stick with fawn. Anyway, beige, I'm sticking with. <laughs> so I t when I take in on the heath, it's very, very muddy mm. in recent times. And when I get back home, the whole lower part... Do you know that shortbread that's not coated in chocolate but dipped? Yes. So oh, the that, lower half oh, yes. is... Yeah, that's what the dog looks like. Right, I yeah. mean, absolutely 
mud plastered. So we have an external hose, oh. don't we, Pierre? Yes. And um, <laughs> and so I have, a ho- I have a hose by the front Absolutely door. Absolutely diabolical. So yeah. <laughs> and so I hose the dog down before yeah. I take her in. But it's quite difficult because when you're doing the undercarriage underneath the dog, obviously if you miss, the water goes up onto passers-by. Yes, you're in a sort of uh, a, a farcical scenario. Yeah, where you're firing you water at people walking past. And they look, happily, the dog's face is the saddest dog face any dog's ever had. So they go, what the? Oh. Cass thinks, my partner thinks that she might actually be depressed, the dog. The dog. She says she's depressed just because she's got that sad face thing. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not a symptom, is it? Having a sort of sad, wet face. Having a sad face. It's not always it's, wet. It's not a sort of emoji-based condition. No, exactly. But no. she'll say, look at her. Do you think she's depressed? <laughs> no. She's one of those sad face dogs that you get. That's why we bought her, so we could go, oh. You're just a sad-faced dog is a great country, <laughs> yeah. country song You're just title. a sad-faced dog <laughs> and you keep hanging around and sitting on that log when you should be on the ground. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Go so, on then. So I just wondered, uh, this week it was frosty. Mm. A white frost, and it's great. The dog doesn't get dirty at all. Uh, Perfect. But does it have little sort of icicles forming on its fur, like when a dog runs through snow and it gets it sort of? No, I don't. You've got to pick those out sometimes. Yeah, Mm. we. No, this one. um, There was a moment when um, I don't want to go into too much grim detail, but she did what we used to call her business, Mm. and then you know where they scoot. Yes. Oh, yes. And that sort of scooting thing that they do. It's a sort of shake a tail feather thing. They sort yeah. of pulled herself along on the ground. And she was pulling and suddenly leapt up. And I realised that she'd pulled her um, bottom directly <laughs> onto a frozen <laughs> puddle of ice. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real whoa! <laughs> so, uh, but on a hot day, imagine. Oh, that'd be lovely. But you don't get much of many frozen puddles of ice on on a hot day. Um, But if anyone's got any um, life hacks for how to avoid the dirty dog things, it is a pack. I mean, I'm on the walk and I've seen people who put their dogs in onesies and stuff, but I'm not doing it. Then you're just cleaning a onesie. Yeah, exactly. You're just adding to the problem. Yeah, but what I'd do is I'd leave that just somewhere in the house and hope the cat would clean it. But with the dog, <laughs> you can't just leave it over a banister. No, it's a mobile. It's a mobile jumping on white sofas, if we had any white sofas. I but, don't yeah. have a hose, um, but I, what I do, I lay down towels mm. for my dog when Ooh, he enters. There is some Walter Raleigh. <laughs> yes. Do you expect to be rewarded for this? <laughs> <laughs> but he knows now. Oh, he really? goes straight to the towel. I say, go on your towel. Do you I know, know. Um, you're a Henry VIII enthusiast. Uh, do you know that um, one of the jobs he had on some of uh, the ceremonial occasions when he was a boy, when his dad, Henry the Seventh mm. was king, mm. would he, he'd be the towel holder for oh. the king. So <laughs> the king, you know, like, you, you know, you wipe your hands and your mouth mid-meal, like... <laughs> 
So Henry'd be standing there with the towel. What, like a coach in a boxing ring? Yeah, like so he'd, he'd have a big piece of chicken and say, yeah, yeah, come here, H. And then wipe his hands, give him the towel back. Oh, God. Great. Uh, a, I like that. Dear, so that's a lousy Do you jumper. think he also helped him select sunglasses? No, I don't think he oh. I don't know when sunglasses was uh, invented. Yeah, you, Pear will know that. I know that they had... Well, I mean, aviators come from Second World War. Who wore oh, they must the be first... Older than yeah, they what, they might Victorian. have medieval sort of wooden ones or something. But you know Do you that think bit... anyone in... Oh, I'd love very, that, Frank. Very hard to see through. <laughs> the solid wood. Well, they had glass. I mean, there's that bit in... Um... I'd love to see early sunglasses. Smoke, guys. There's in little Sh- round smoked glass things in Victorian In times. Shakespeare's yes. King Lear, he mm. says, what do you have there, boy? And he says, nothing. And he says, ah, well, if it is nothing, I shall not need my spectacles. And everyone goes, ha. <laughs> yeah, but so he's got um he's so got, he's got spectacles. Yeah. You can't do a spectacles joke if you don't have spectacles. No. Yeah, people would have booed. Can we please yeah. if anyone What has... a spectacles <laughs> would have come from the uh what do they call the cheap seats? The groundlings. The groundlings, oh, yeah. yeah. What are spectacles exactly? <laughs> well, well, there'll be a footnote if will you wait? There'll be a footnote at the end. <laughs> What's a footnote? Will you? I'll have you thrown out. (laughs) (laughs) Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Uh, We've had a lot of response to the photograph of you wearing your new orange beanie. Mm. Okay. Bought, I should add, just as a little footnote. Mm. With uh, the remain, remaining £35 on your Liberty gift voucher. By the way, um, you asked me off air what make the sunglasses were. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and? Cubits. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, you know that song? Oh. Is it Cuba? Yeah. Okay. Cubits? Cubits, you know it? No. no. Okay. No. Seem nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, How long is a cubit, Pierre? Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. Oh, you don't know? Don't know? Why don't you know? I can't believe these that... biblical measurements. Well, we're getting responses, Frank, mm. to your hat. A lot of people like it. Well, that's good, then. Yeah, some. See, are... I can't wear many hats because I've got um, a, a terrible, distended. <laughs> domed, mekon head. (laughs) And so um, I couldn't, I can't wear like a bowler or something. I'm not saying I'd wear a bowler around town. If you could. But a a woolen hat's obviously got a bit of give in it. Yes, it can adapt to to even the harshest head environment. Oh, God, a merino. A merino will uh, extend. David Parker. (laughs) David Parker, yes. Has said MBE... Member of the Beanie Empire. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I could call it my Beanie Experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, if you don't mind me, uh, just um, running with that. Like we're riffing together, Davies. You know, in a jazz club, well, you've you- played, you've played one <laughs> theme, and then I'm embroidering it. Yeah. yeah it's all right. I think I'm not. I'm not claiming it wasn't his original. No idea the MBE. We've been we've been also you know I've become rather obsessed with this idea of the uh, early sunglasses. Mm. 
And I found some lovely examples of, uh, I believe it was uh, a Roman emperor, I think it might have been Nero, mm. who used to use a, uh, an emerald Did to he look really? through the sun. Wow. To, to shield his eyes from the sun. Well, to, watch, to watch gladiator fights, apparently. <laughs> what do you think of that, Frank? Well... And I thought 65 quid was expensive for sunglasses. Can you imagine something more decadent than going, well, like, these men are fighting to death for my pleasure, but could I watch it through a gem? <laughs> Perhaps I could watch this through some jewellery. Maybe there was a big, a really big gladiator, and he said, you know, he looks a bit like the Incredible Hulk. Have you got an emerald? Anyone got an emerald? <laughs> You'll see what I mean. Oh, yeah, look at that. No, look at that. <laughs> That's it. That is the incredible. I mean, talk about separated at birth. <laughs> no, we haven't talked oh. about that yet. Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought we'd already talked Imagine about that. Imagine if that was the last thing you saw before you met your demise. <laughs> a, yeah, a giggling man with an emerald pressed to his face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a in a row. Putting your thumb <laughs> down. Yeah. You? Uh, <laughs> I wonder if he held it or if he managed to sort of monocleize it and oh, squint it in. Very early Batman villain yeah. vibes. Did he have an emerald holder? Maybe oh. for the sad bits in the fights, <laughs> he would whip out the violin. With one, with the monocled, <laughs> the monocled emerald like in the eye you've at got the same the, time. The cartoon sadness noise. Yes. <laughs> uh, this was before the solo piano, of course, of Britain's Got Talent. It was the uh, neuronic fiddle that they at the back sadness with. Frank, I don't know if you saw this in the news, but it could be relevant to us here in oh. the studio. Mm. Yeah. Especially since um, during the festive season, we had so many wonderful treats brought in by the producers and, mm. and by ourselves. Um, are you aware of Professor Susan Jeb? <laughs> no. Well, oh. you should be, because she's the food czar. Oh, oh the fun spoiler. Yeah. And like a czar, she has made a tyrannical statement. Like a czar, touch for the very <laughs> first time. <laughs> yes. Do you think someone covered that in Russia and called it a... Like a czar. Uh, uh, uh. I don't like the civil service. Deposed for the very first time. <laughs> like a great big ramen of czar. <laughs> in a shed somewhere. <laughs> In a tragic tale. All right, Madonsky, we've got it. Sorry. I'm just saying, Frank, I don't like the way the civil service has sort of... Civil service? Civil. Oh, OK. Did, did I say civil? I think you said civil. I don't think I did. OK. I'm, apologies I like the idea of the civil service. It's sort of a faulty towers feel <laughs> no I, I did I was just gonna say I think I don't like the way they've appropriated the Tsar title mm. because it's as you say it's sort of Russian monarchs and it's very glamorous and it's staring at sort of people through emeralds as eyeglasses yes don't I have bring been... your lanyards and your HR into this <laughs> no. baby no I uh, and your whiteboards why do we ch say czar? Because if someone had said, uh, well, I'm, I'm the government's food Caesar, you'd yeah. go, 
You what? Yeah. Yeah. Like I call myself occasionally, and with with irony, the poetry czar. Yeah. Yeah. But I could have gone for um, Nabob or Sultan. Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the I'm the satrap of crisps or something. Oh, I don't know that one. Where's that one from? A satrapy is like a sort of uh, is a sort of prince, a princely realm that's granted and is removed upon your death. I think it's a oh. sort of administrative mm. thing. You don't get to inherit a satrapy. You're you're given it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Back to the well, story. Well, the point is the satrap of food. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as, as, as Professor it's Susan Jeb prefers to Didn't the Boomtown Rats write a song about her? Yeah. It's a satrap, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> You've been caught. Yes. Uh, she has, said. She said that bringing cake into the office is as harmful to your colleagues as secondhand smoking. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I, you know, I read that and cancelled my plans to bring a box of cigarillos in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, this morning. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I haven't had a cigarillo for a long time. Uh-huh. Very yeah. Clint Eastwood, man yeah. we know name. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, can I tell you, she, she's got a lot of stick for this, yes. uh, mm. Jebo. People are furious. SJ. And yeah. SJ. I, um... I don't think it's a terrible uh, thing to say, personally. Mm. I don't think it deserves people... I, I presume by this point she's had a cake nailed to the front door of her house or something <laughs> by the no, furious public. I, I, look, I think there's a tremendous social pressure when there's cake. I find it in this very studio. Mm. When I remember <laughs> the, uh, our, our former um, assistant producer, Faye, was something of a baker. Yeah. And she would bring in fabulous cakes. Yeah. Mm. Nevertheless, <laughs> I, um, you know, I'm a, a man of a certain age. I don't, cake is dangerous to me. Yes. I can't remember the last time I accepted a piece of cake with anything other than trepidation. Really? And resignation. Oh, I Just, find that very sad. I think I don't want to. I don't really want to eat this cake, but I don't know hurt anyone's feelings. Do you not there's like a, cake? There's a lot of. I just don't like um, what it does to me. I, oh dear. I accept a slice of cake the same way I accept a, a shot of tequila. Yeah, well, I can't accept that. No, of course. <laughs> but no, there's something. If you don't have cake, people think you've got no real joy in your soul. I think you're a Grinch. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Well, I'm a Grinch apologist, as you know. <laughs> I actually agree with the Grinch. But I do, yeah, I think it's 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 difficult. I suppose it depends on the cake for me. I think, is because, it for the English, it's our version of carnival. Yeah. If you say no to it, you are really <laughs> yes. a miserable stop in the house person. Can we come, I just want to stop your point because I want you to save it for after this because okay. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting time precious. We're discussing cake. Yeah. But uh, just briefly, Celia has got in touch saying, Hi all, uh, I feel as an optometrist, is that mm. the right Oh, yeah. I need to issue a caution to you and your readers. Please don't use emeralds as sun protection. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I once watched... It won't give you full... Sorry, Frank, it won't give you full UV block. Emeralds I once watched. Uh, yeah, I, I once watched um, a virtually complete eclipse through a bin liner. How does that? Is that safe? 
work. Through a bin liner? Yeah. It's like a sort of budget Nero. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. The, em- the emperor is, has tightened you know, his belt. You know there was a fall and rise of the Roman Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, you think, do you think when they looked up at the emperor's box in the Colosseum and saw that he was watching through a bin liner, they, they thought, thought oh You know what, maybe the, this barbarian thing's getting out of hand. Yeah. Did someone say, oh, typical broken Rome? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. Yeah, we're going to hell in a chariot. <laughs> Frank, you can't watch things through bin liners. A man of your calibre, you've got, as you often... I haven't got any sunglasses then. (laughs) This is before I got my voucher. Oh, but as you often tell us, you've got international representation. Yeah, I don't know that that's been very busy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Frank, 283, just a brief... Unless I'm extradited. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that'll be brought into action. 203. <laughs> 283, yeah. just brief. Um, I quite like interjecting these occasionally. Oh, God, yeah. I love it. I hope you don't mind. It's a bit off topic. But 283, hi, Frank and team. I recently went shopping with my friend and she went to park in a multi story. Mm. I was sat in the passenger seat, anticipating the usual take the seat belt off slash open the car door faffery at the ticket machine. Yeah. When is, is Rishi Sunak <laughs> listening to this thinking, what are you talking about? I just stepped straight out. The car. Just lean fully out the window. <laughs> um, when quick as a flash, she produced a set of tongs. <laughs> oh, oh god! From the door pocket, impromptu medical, and grabbed the ticket with them. What? From the machine. So That's... she kept tongs in the car. Good the, idea. When I regained my composure and expressed my surprise, she simply said, "Yeah." Car tongs. <laughs> is this a thing? I think or it's a great... Or do I just shop with geniuses? I would value your input and I love your output. That's from Joe. That's a lovely closing line. Mm. Um, I think <laughs> yeah, that's a good car idea. Car tongs. It's I... a good idea, but I absolutely dispute the fact that, yeah, car tongs is a thing. No, maybe yeah. not, but obviously in her life. And I am one of those people who never park close enough even like in garages I end up like leaning back on the hose to get it far enough out of the machine so it reaches my petrol tanks I've parked so far from the yeah. thing oh, yeah. but car tongs I think is a, a great idea do you? what do you think yeah? I think it would be fun to as, as long as you do the little test click that you must do with tongs before you use them. Just a couple of tick, 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 oh, and then... Oh, OK. What the tongs are we talking about? I'm seeing as a sort of grilled... Barbecue tongs. Yes, oh, barbecue no, tongs. I was thinking of wooden hot laundry <laughs> tongs. <laughs> That's what I was about. Oh, you're going more Flintstones. Yeah. No, but, I, yeah, I think I like that. Imagine the lovely of them closing on the ticket and just pulling it out. That's yeah. nicer than... The, uh, the sort of clawed sausage turning tongs. <laughs> That's that I what was I was imagining. imagining. Yeah. yeah. Is it, he was a very posh uh, bloke. Clawed, <laughs> clawed sausage, clawed sausage turn. turning. <laughs> clawed sausage. <laughs> he was name. one of the Hampshire <laughs> sausage turnings. <laughs> Lovely people. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Uh, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio, Emily Dean, Peter Novelli, text the show on 812.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. 
UK, no. as uh, Matt Berry would say. Yes. Regarding the cake tyranny, mm. is this not... Does it Told not just... you, don't call me Tiffany. <laughs> then I can't carry on. Oh, no. Is it not a matter of personal choice? No. Or does cake require to be eaten? Well, when men go out... Yes. ...drinking... Yes. If you're a man who's with them and thinks, oh, actually, I don't really feel like it tonight, I might just have a sparkling mm. Vimto, um, you know the enormous pressure that bloke's yeah. going to get to drink. It's the same with cake. Yeah. Mm. Come on, have a bit of cake. I'll just have a really small bit, and they always cut you a slightly bigger bit than you wanted. And Especially if it's for someone's sort of birthday. Yeah. And you don't want to be... Sort it's of like well, you're rejecting them. Yeah, you're saying, well, I, I hate your birthday, and I'm yeah. furious I, you were ever born. Yeah. I, I no do, cake. I think cake refused, Nick, so I do think that. So I see what you're saying, Frank. I do mm. judge it's, you It's people. false. I can't remember the last time I had a piece of cake that I actually wanted. Well, <laughs> I can't even, remember. I honestly can't remember that. Even the Prime Minister has weighed in on this. Yep. Yes, I said weighed in. Uh, Rishi. Yeah, he certainly is. <laughs> yes. Rishi has said, uh, because people have obviously been saying this is outrageous, this is this is, this is diabolical, they're calling it. It's a diabolical song. liberty. It's a diabolical it's liberty. Forcing people to eat cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the Prime Minister has felt the need to weigh in and say, it's, it's gone a bit uh, calmed down it here. He said, look, I'm very partial to a piece of cake. He exclusively revealed that he most enjoys carrot cake and red velvet cake. 1997. He would have fitted <laughs> in well in the French, French <laughs> government uh, just before the revolution. Yes. Let them eat. Apparently, she said let them eat brioche, which is actually even better. Did she really? Yeah, which Mm. is... Don't tell me you haven't heard parents saying that in Hampstead. I heard that she'd actually said let them eat Bruce Rioch, who was a a footballer from the 70s and 80s who'd been captured. Sign Dennis Bergkamp for us, thank you. Can you imagine the panic... That would have ensued if Rishi had admitted to liking sort of millionaire shortbread or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go, no, not that. Yeah. You've got. Can you imagine how many people that was run through? Yeah. Well, Carrot cake and the red velvet. Whenever yeah. a politician um, says anything about being human, mm. it always sounds like they're an alien in a film who's yeah. landed and he's working undercover as a human, yeah. and they are actually looking at the computer as they answer. Yes. So. What do you, uh, what, like, I like um, red velvet and I also, uh, I'm a big fan of lemon drizzle and yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like that. I enjoy human food. It doesn't like, they don't like human anything. No. They like, like politics is what they like. Yeah, I, and you'd, I think people would respect them more than if they did the, the when Gordon Brown sort of said, I like the Arctic monkeys. And yeah. Sort of go, no, you don't. And he got asked about biscuits and yeah. all that. Yeah. And then there are eight people, spin doctors say, which is the, the go, most. We need relatable, but fun. You yeah. see, I think that would be the only bit of the job I'd like. Yeah. Would be answering the questions about Arctic monkeys I and w- things. And I cake. would say, I'm, all I care about is politics. Yeah. I'm not interested <laughs> yes. in any of that. It would, it would be great for, to have a politician just go, look, I'm busy. Do yeah. I, do I have yeah. to? And I don't, everyone would no, go, oh, look, I don't know anything about football, yeah. pop music, yeah. confectionery, Will television, yeah. films. <laughs> I, and the reason I don't know it is because I'm sacrificing myself for you people. Yeah. 
And that's what I should say. Not start pretending that they... What did he like again? Carrot cake. Carrot cake that's and red velvet. Clearly, uh, well, we go for the healthiest cake. <laughs> well, he went for two options and he mm. went for the red velvet because he thought, oh, it makes me sound like, you know, a bit fun-loving as well. A bit papal. Why give... T- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the yeah. most papal cake. I tell you, it is a bit uh, late 90s, early 2000s. That's a bit I, retro, love. Honestly, I wish they'd just stop trying to do the human thing. Also, if you're going to say something, make it worth saying. Go weird. Go donut tower. You know, mm. don't don't stick with your red velvet. No, come on, guys. Frank Skinner, Skinner on Absolute Radio. Nice. Frank, where does this leave you? We're obviously talking about cake this morning. And well, whether... we're, we're talking about um, force-feeding cake through um, moral blackmail, yes. social pressures at work. Wow. That's moral blackmail? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that really escalated. Yeah. Um, where do you, the, the problem you must have, though, is that one of your favourite shows is, of course... Is it cake? Well, that is true. But is it cake? I see more as a program about art <laughs> yeah. than yeah. bakery. You're you're a sort of UN cake observer. <clears throat> yeah, but it's 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 amazing. It is real human ingenuity. Is yeah. it cake? Mm. The way where someone coming over and saying it's Linda's birthday. Do you want a <laughs> slice of this? With that little pile of plates they carry. Yeah. I don't, I'll what? tell you what, look, it's my birthday next Saturday. Yes, we know. Wouldn't it be a lovely gift for <laughs> me if in. we just didn't have the cake thing? Do you what, think so? What yeah. if we had a cake, but it was an is it cake style cake, slash maybe a shoe, and no. you just got to watch us try and cut into it? I yeah. think. Let's you know skip. What? Shall we skip the cake? Well, I think maybe we should discuss this off air. It's an HR issue. I don't want the cake. I'm not, if you bring you cake, not? I'm not eating. Would you rather have a sort of rotisserie chicken? I'd rather have a persimmon. <laughs> Can you get me one of those? Yeah. <laughs> we won't. I love a persimmon. I don't know about Really? You. Yeah. Have you ever tried one? No. I don't think so. Fabulous. I've got a better idea. Yeah? Why don't we bring one bar of chocolate, one square each? Like that dark chocolate men like. Like Even a ritual. That. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be quite ritualistic. <laughs> we each take one piece <laughs> on this, his name day. Do you not want anything, Frank? Glass of water, maybe? I'll have a glass of water, yeah. Oh, lovely. Like, maybe some toast with salt on, like <laughs> Victoria Beckham has. I love the idea of someone dimming the lights and carrying a big glass of water. Happy to re- birthday happy. to <laughs> yeah, We could put an isotope in it for Frank, glowing. Frank blowing on the water. Blowing, no, honestly. Bring in a Bunsen burner to sort of make it feel yeah. a bit more atmospheric. I think not having a cake would feel like a gift in itself. Well, that's easily sorted, mate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you've got what your about birthday wish. What about when people have cupcakes to bring that in? Oh, I brought in some cupcakes. There's a bit of cake, but mainly it's it's just a, a base for a two-inch stack of icing I want you to eat, otherwise you don't love me. Do you know what it feels like cupcakes sometimes? Getting into the cupcake, it's like those books I tell you about where there's three pages of architecture or description mm. or landscape. I don't want that. Just get me to the meat and bones. Yeah. And I find with cupcakes I give up. The equivalent of three pages in. I find um, you're like those snakes that have to dislocate your jaw to eat one. And it's like, like, you know, Scooby-Doo eating. 
Yes, yeah. Yeah. No. Stupid. Uh, I'm anti-icing. And also, there's other things around, you know, birthdays. It's not all okay. What about someone comes in the office, my birthday today, so I've brought a couple of <laughs> bottles of scotch in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sue? Pass it around. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. It turns out, doesn't it, in hindsight, that getting the bumps was much healthier than the cake thing. Oh, oh I yeah. see, for birthdays. But yeah, when people, like the bump, the bumpers, mm. they get a good upper body workout, upper body, lower back. Mm. And those being bumped, because you have to clench your buttocks as you're hitting the ground, it's a lovely little pelvic floor exercise. <laughs> yeah. Whereas cake yeah. just makes you fat. With each birthday, though, the bumps become more dangerous once you hit your, your 80s and 90s. Yeah, but you won't be at work. That's why people retire at 65. <laughs> the, bump, the bumps yeah. get too much. The bumps then are too dangerous. That's <laughs> why they introduced it in the first place. <laughs> That's why the French are protesting. Yeah. 64 bumps, it is too much. Yeah. <laughs> That's how my dog talks. Is it? Yeah, my dog is a French poodle. Ah, sophisticated. Very sophisticated. You see, I think with cake, we mentioned this off air, Frank, I think you've got to view it as a meal in itself almost. If I view it, you know, it's a destiny, it's a it's a date you've got to make with cake. You can't just gobble it willy-nilly. You have to say, right, I'm meeting a friend for cake yeah. and a cup of tea. That's it. That's all I'll consume in that two-hour period. But you period. see, the cup of tea to me, that's the other thing that happens at work. Is people expect you to eat cake without a cup of tea. That's yeah. true. Or any sweet thing <laughs> without a cup of tea. People expect you to. Yeah. <laughs> On a paper plate standing. Ah, oh, standing, eating cake. That's depressing, isn't it? I tell you what I always hated. I don't really drink these days, but the wine at work, I, even in my drinking days, I drew the line. Mm. And nothing more depressing than a warm wine in a plastic water cup I don't think you should be drinking at work that's all I'm saying <laughs> that's all I'm saying alcohol's are yeah <laughs> stop drinking at work for god's sake stop, stop forcing people to eat stuff that's bad for them and drinking at work are you going through Lent or something no I'm with oh, I am okay. with this lady I haven't said that. I mean I take your point I the male uh, the male person mm-hmm. like David Attenborough they um, they <laughs> Me, I'm one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I my average calorific intake is supposed to be two thousand five hundred calories a day. Okay. Now, uh, a Colin the Caterpillar cake. Mm. You've seen those. Yeah. Mm. They're four hundred and fifty calories. A per slice. slice. A segment. Are you talking about thorax? No, I think the whole cake's 450. No, the the whole thing's going to be... No, I think the head... If the whole... Let's say the whole thing is... The head would be about 800. I I don't... I, You know, if I thought I'm really fancy of calling the caterpillar, I'd be happy to skip the rest of the food for that day and just have that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's when you're piling one on top of another. I feel sorry for Professor Jeb because it's an uphill... It's a it's an impossible task she's been given. Get the nation to stop eating cake. Oh, no. What a hospital pass. Well, she could have gone for drinking, which is absolutely impossible. No, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, far be it from me to ever say anything serious on this show, but I think people suffer a lot more from secondary drinking than they do from secondary 
Smoky. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Mm. Do you think anyone genuinely likes fish? I don't. Um, I... Yes, I do. Do you? I mean, I know what you mean. Well, you choose it. I think you eat it because you think it's good for you. Well, mm. cod row is... Uh, is not fish, he's <laughs> eggs, but it's still sort of fish. <laughs> Taramasalata I like, smoked salmon, and then smoked herring things. The rest of, I admit, the, the rest is like taking healthy lozenges. The smell is absolutely diabolical. Mm, a high price to preparing it. But then, you, you know, you have these opinions, you upset people. Um, was it last week or the week before when you launched uh, a, an attack? A broadside, as the press would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yes, a, a, a slightly mistimed attack on Pythagoras. <laughs> yes, I'm the Piers Morgan of uh, Greek, ancient Greece. I can't help yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. You hate all the pies. Oh, yeah, good. I might get a T-shirt with that. No, I'm just saying I don't 100% believe it. Mm. Um, it's the I was well. pointing out the fact that you could you could measure the world's tallest <laughs> man by finding out how far you were away from him and then measuring the <laughs> angle. And if you got the length of the two angles, you could estimate his length because of the, the triangle. And I of, said... You said I don't. I don't you believe. You said rubbish. That. I don't rubbish. I don't believe <laughs> that Pythagoras stuff. I said I think what I said was I've never believed it. Yes, um, and we had a uh, we had contact from yeah. a man who was a Pythagorean. Yeah, a oh, furious, a, a livid Pythagorean. We haven't got Pythagoras' spin doctor. Oh, <laughs> yes. Go on. So. Um, um, have you, have you, do you have it? Yeah. What did he say? It's, uh, it's Jim Dungan. Okay. Which is a hell of a name. I uh, like it. Yeah. yeah. Jim Dungan. Subject Pythagoras theorem. Mm. So we know we're in for a, a lambasting. I am. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Emily. Absolutely love the Frank Skinner show. But however... Don't, don't read out those. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but it, you'll, you'll, you'll see it's more than made up for by his okay. fury. <laughs> however, Give me something, eh? I could not believe my ears when you said this morning that the Pythagoras theorem is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> that theorem is one of the most basic mathematical theorems ever devised and has been used for over 2,000 years by mathematicians, engineers and the like. Yeah, you say. Yeah. I use it myself all the time when pursuing my hobby of designing military vehicles. Ah, that's a hobby, not a job. Uh -huh. No. What never, happens never, to those designs? Never make your passion your job. <laughs> no. You'll only ruin it for yourself. Yes. Um, you say that no one will ever know if it is true. Well, all you have to do is get a sheet of... I mean, he goes on at length to yeah. basically explain. Yeah. And he says, in fact, I'm willing to bet a thousand pounds that you are wow. completely wrong. Yeah. To say the theorem is rubbish, which means you're saying that millions of mathematicians and engineers, past and present, are wrong, and you are right, really does put you up there with the Flat Earth Society. Oh, dear. It's all going to be can you? Yeah, so put your money where your mouth is and take up the challenge. Apart from the above, which has left me flabbergasted, oh. praise redacted. Ah. Oh, but he okay. is flabbergasted. He is. Do you know um, what? Having listened to all that, yes. I still don't believe it. <laughs> well, I had, a, I had a moment this week where I think it happens to every father. Mm -hmm. 
my son brought home a mathematical uh, question, which I just couldn't do. <gasps> what did you say? I just couldn't do it. I would have lied. I said I can't do it. Did you? I said. I had to... Um, I was given three... He was given three fractions. I'll, I'll just... I'll do this quickly, and then we'll come back. Three fractions, and then it says, um, list them from least to greatest. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm. If only it had been three people from history. But no, it was three fractions. <laughs> fractions. Or comedians. Three quarters, two fifths, and four ninths. I said, yeah, forget it. <laughs> Lowest common denominator, hundred and eightieths. I said, you're not doing it. You're not doing it. <laughs> I said, I put a stop to it. I did. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. So I went into school to discuss the maths. Yes. Yeah. But the thing is with my son's school is you can't take your dog in. You have mm-hmm. to carry it. Oh. And so I had to... I had a 10-minute conversation about fractions carrying the dog. I mean, I can feel my arms. <laughs> and also, I'm not very good at carrying the dog. I end up carrying like a baby, so it's upside down looking at me. Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh I yeah. see. With his legs in the air. So you weren't carrying it the way a, f- a farmer would carry a sort of pig over No, I can't do that. So I just, I, <laughs> the dog's looking at me in the face like, you know, what, what is the meaning of this? <laughs> French poodle. She's also half um, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, I should say. Yes. So she's very dismissive about the power of Parliament <laughs> as well. But, um, yeah, so we went and, and, and talked it through. So I've had a difficult maths week as well. Car- carrying a dog and discussing maths sounds like one of those old Olympics events you hear about that they, they sort of got rid of after 1907. It really yeah. does. When people got Olympic medals Olympics. for poetry and yeah. stuff. They literally did. An art. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. Yes, my was, dog, as you know, my dog hails from Imperial China. Does he? Mm. Mm. Shih Tzu. Palace, the Imperial Palaces. And they were used, bred as... Uh, they were bred to be lap dogs, but uh, foot warmers as well. The really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You put them at the bottom of the bed. Keep your feet. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's where you put your feet. That's true. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> uh, Frank, just briefly, I know we don't have long, but Jackie Bell, who I would like to give a shout out to because she's our Hamburg listener. Oh, okay. Lovely. I mean, we may have more than one, I don't know, but she's raised her head above the parapet. Hey, Frank et al., I have a sad face dog too. Full stop. It's very poetic, this. Yeah. Sometimes I think she hates everyone and everything, but it's really just her natural expression. Yeah, She's but... looked miserable for more than 17 years now. Wow. So well, it can't be bad. I know, the feeling She's not going to cheer up now. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried cake? <laughs> um. Listening from Hamburg, Jackie in Miserable Dog Scout. Oh. Well, I, I think Love our Jackie. dog, I don't think it is. I think it's happy, but it looks sad. Mm. He's won the lottery, your dog. Lovely yeah. lo- life he's got. He? She, I'm so sorry. Don't you know how important pronouns are? Um, anyway, if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, I'll be back next week for my birthday! <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.